Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And in this week's episode of Screen Verdict, we're going to be reviewing Iron Man 3. Yes, this is the third film in the Iron Man series. Little known fact about Iron Man 3, mm. despite the little Easter egg of a hint in the title... Yes. Are we a fan of this series, Matt? Well, I saw Iron Man 1 on DVD mm. and quite enjoyed it. It's an okay format, DVD. Yes. Not Blu-ray, so... Mid-tier. I can only imagine how amazing it would have been if I'd seen it in <laughs> Blu-ray. But it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was fun, exciting, some good ideas. Uh, I did not see Iron Man 2. I heard it wasn't as good, so it didn't bother. And then, obviously, as fans will know, saw the Avengers last year and sort of enjoyed that too. Tony Stark, favourite character in in the Avengers. I really liked Iron Man 1. I don't remember a lot about it. I think I also saw it on DVD. I think I was sort of... It was late night, falling asleep at the time. But I did like it. Iron Man 2, very hit and miss. Bits of it I liked. Bits of it I definitely did not like. Not as good as the first. And then The Avengers, I thought was really good. And I agreed. uh, Tony Stark, best thing about it. Iron Man making fun of Captain America. Being so lame. Best (laughs) part of the movie. I've got some friends that love Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess sort of excited to see Iron Man 3 based on those. Something that got me interested was a new director for the mm-hmm. series. This instalment, written and directed by Shane Black. Okay, who's this guy? Fill me in. Uh, you might have heard of Lethal Weapon. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good series. I think the best is Lethal Weapon 5, made by the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. That's the only one I've seen. <laughs> Shane Black, famous for those sorts of action films. One of my favourite, if not my favourite action film of all time, The Last Boy Scout, with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Just great action, really, really funny. Pretty much the perfect action film. So I guess my my expectations are starting to creep up a little bit for for Iron Man 3. Yes. Sorry, I'm just reading a text message. Um... (laughs) Some of us have plans after the podcast. I need to coordinate. (laughs) Um, uh, The Playboy, the (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. of Screen Verdict. Oh, yeah. Going to a pretty intense episode of Survivor tonight (laughs) with some friends. (laughs) So, Robert Downey Jr., he plays Tony Stark. He's Iron Man. Yes. I think he does a really great job in the role. You really buy him as Tony Stark. He's so... Just out there and he's flippant and arrogant, but he's so witty and charming that he pulls it off. He's, yeah. he's a lovable douche in a way. Yeah, he's arrogant, he's funny, he's charming. Yeah, yeah, all these things. We love, the, we love Downey Jr., we love Tony Stark. <laughs> so what's Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark getting up to in Iron Man 3? Well, he's getting some new suits. <laughs> you see at the beginning he's uh, not sleeping much. He's staying up late at night working on new suits. It's become a bit obsessed with making these Iron Man suits. And I think this is a new feature, the Iron Man suits. He now just points at them and, like, they go on him. <laughs> or they come on him or whatever. Like, what happens? Yeah, they seem to sort of fly onto him. They, he's sort of able to call the parts of the suit to him like Thor can with his hammer. Yes. And unlike Captain America can with his frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we also see him with these suits 
like, and I'm not sure if this happened in the previous movies. I can't remember. I didn't see the second one. But it seems like he can just send them up to, like, do chores and things, sort of like robots. And he can just control them from his study. <laughs> like, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow gets home at one point and he's pretending that one of the seats is him. But all he's doing is he's just downstairs talking through the suit or something. Like, what's... Yeah, I remember thinking at one point throughout the movie, I was like, wait, who's this Jarvis again? Like, is is, is this just like an artificial intelligence that he's yeah. created and there are just robots walking around? Ah, whatever. He's like a billionaire genius. He, yeah, he's I don't question okay, it too much. Out. Yeah, okay. I was a bit like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Like, he's just sending out robots to talk to people now? Just talk to his girlfriend? But it's not all fun games and robots for Tony Stark. Um, it seems like he's suffering a bit of PTSD after what went down with the Avengers last year. Now, I thought this was just a fun summer blockbuster that everyone had a good time with, but uh, it's really taken its toll on Tony Stark, the events of last year. Yeah, it seems to be stressing him out a bit. He's a bit anxious. He's not able to sleep. So he seems sort of in a little bit of a denial about that. He has. He says this line to Don Cheadle, where he's sort of defending himself for not sleeping, that... Einstein only slept three hours a year. Hmm. Is that true? There's no way that's true. That's a very There's low... No way that's true. Because I, I like to get eight hours a night. Yeah. <laughs> if you said Einstein slept three hours a day... Yeah. I'd be like, that's, that's possible. I think some, like, US... Kevin Rudd, when he was Prime Minister of Australia, said he only slept three hours a night or something. He was always <laughs> up doing work, complaining at people. That's 365 times more sleep yeah. <laughs> than he's claiming Einstein had. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it's really taken a toll on him, though. Like, he's, he's struggling, this Tony Stark. And part of that is him trying to acknowledge that even he has a problem. He, he thinks those sorts of things will affect other people. But it's like, me, I'm Tony Stark. How am I being troubled by this? Yeah. Mm. Which I guess you're supposed to think, oh, he's... Vulnerable, he's relatable. Mm. What do you think about the world we're in now, in the movie, which is a post-alien invasion world? Like, you know, <laughs> you know the nature of terrorism changed a lot post-9-11? Like, what about post-alien invasion world? But the world doesn't seem that different. <laughs> to, like, they're always referring to this. Oh, this is like when those aliens invade. Ah, oh, how are you going after that you guys alien remember invasion? the aliens? Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. the aliens. The aliens, are they ever coming back? Like, what's happening with it? Maybe. This is like, that's such a huge thing. Like, if that really happened, there'd be much greater impacts. And maybe this, uh, and we'll get to him a bit later, this Mandarin guy wouldn't have seemed like <laughs> too bad after the alien invasion of one year ago. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's not great for Tony. He's getting a bit of PTSD. He's having funny hard to sleep. When he does sleep, he has a bit of a nightmare. And then, I don't know, he's accidentally programmed one of the robots to attack his girlfriend or whatever. I don't know. Like, <laughs> seems like just getting a bit dramatic, a bit uh, not good. And uh, you probably a good time. Let's talk about his girlfriend. Because his girlfriend, Gwyneth Paltrow, she's been his girlfriend in the previous movies. But this movie, we also see a girlfriend from his past pop in. A Rebecca Hall. What do you think about the dynamics here? I thought it was a really great introduction. You have these two girls there and you go, oh, there's going to be a bit of tension or a bit of jealousy or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is one of your ex. She goes, no, it was just one night. Oh. That didn't make it better. Yeah. That doesn't sound better in the current girlfriend's yeah. eyes. Yeah. Now, for a while, I was trying to remember who this was. 
Is she the girl from the town? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, go. she's in the town. I like the town. Yeah. No, she's all right. One. Yeah. With our Oscar winner, Ben Affleck. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, what I remember her from is Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I don't, because I haven't seen it. Ah, it's fun. <laughs> is she Vicky Cristina or Barcelona? Barcelona's the place it's set. <laughs> I think she's Vicky. I think she's Vicky and Scarlett Johansson's Christina. Could be Penelope Cruz. The supporting. (laughs) The one who won the Oscar for the movie. I thought she was... Yeah, I thought she was great in Vicky Christina Buzzflood. I thought she was probably... uh, Her and Penelope Cruz, strongest performances in the movie. So my question is, who do you pick? Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow or Rebecca Hall? Uh, Okay, this is interesting. The actresses or the characters in the movie? Character. Okay. Well, like, Gwyneth Paltrow is clearly the person you're meant to like more of you, <laughs> right? Like, she's the she's the girlfriend of Tony Stark. Yeah. But I prefer Rebecca Hall. <laughs> I feel like towards the end of the movie, Gwyneth Paltrow does some cool stuff that might bump her, like, maybe ahead of Rebecca Hall. But if you take into account screen time and things like that, I'd say Rebecca Hall's the person. I was looking at Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie thinking she has aged really well. Like, she is really attractive yeah, oh, yeah, for her yeah, yeah. age. Mm. The thing about Rebecca Hall is you don't have to qualify that statement with for her age. Okay. <laughs> but I do really like the character of Pepper. She is pretty cool, and she's good at putting up with Tony Stark's shenanigans. Yes. So, as a character, I'll, I'll side with Pepper. Uh, here's my thing with Rebecca Hall's character. She seems a little bit more girl next door. Than good about And I quite like the girl next door sort of vibe. Is Pepper too corporate? You prefer the the botanist, <laughs> nerdy, greenery type? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, <laughs> I think I do. So, I'll, I, well, I again, I, this is a big chat. Last week, you were all about the no nonsense, buy the books, buy the regulations. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but. I feel like, you know, last week was someone very methodical. This week's also a scientist. Like, it's not like these are complete separations. And I feel like the girl... Like, you were saying last week, like, the last week the choice was there was a girl who was a Bond girl and a model and things like that. And I chose, again, the more girl-next-door type look. I don't know. I think I'm being consistent. I think I'm consistently going with the girl-next-door. Okay. Uh, which is great for us. Who is the girl-next-door? <laughs> Like, is there literally a girl next door? Oh, no. (laughs) I thought maybe your your keenness for the girl next door is because you have a girl next door that you're so fond of. No, it's it's the idea of the girl next door that Hollywood has sold me. It's what I find so appealing. The actual girl next door uh, is non-existent. So as well as dealing with the landmines of girlfriends and exes, there are some bad guys in the movie. Mm-hmm. You may have seen from the posters and the trailer, Ben Kingsley has the haircut of a bad guy. Yeah. This does not look like he is on the side of America in whatever's going down in Iron Man 3. Poster child of Terrorist Weekly. <laughs> 
pin-up terrorist of the week, Ben Kingsley, in this movie. He is the Mandarin. Is this a connection with China? A connection with fruit? What do we think? <laughs> well, I guess his hair does look a bit of like like a Chinese monk or mm. kung fu movie martial artist. Yeah. He does tell some analogies involving fortune cookies. So I'm going to say probably not the fruit. I mean, he does speak in metaphors, so perhaps it could, if you link them, it could be a lot of levels, it come back to the fruit. Mm. I don't really like Ben Kingsley. I don't think I've ever liked Ben Kingsley in anything. Mm. I can't really think of that many films I've seen him in off the top of my head, except Hugo, and he was the worst thing about Hugo. Yeah, we did not like him in Hugo. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't really pumped for Ben Kingsley, but he was great in this. Yeah, he was fun. Yeah, I like Ben Kingsley in this. He arguably steals the show. He's one of the the best, if not the best character, perhaps outside Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. yeah. No, he was fun. Yeah, I liked it. I, I may have not loved him as much as you did, but yeah, he was good. And as the Mandarin, he is doing terrorist attacks all over America. There's mm. these explosions that are happening, and it is no surprise to me who's involved in this. Because at the beginning of the movie, there's some nerdy science guy that goes up to Robert Downey Jr. There's a flashback back in 2000. We know it's 2000 because everyone's wearing their 2000 hats. Because uh, on New Year's Eve, that, is that really in it just an easy way to like communicate that something's in the past? Just set it on the New Year's Eve. And then they just put up the year everywhere all over. <laughs> like... Well, I don't go around wearing a hat that says 2013 on, you know, May 2nd. Yeah. (laughs) Though, to be fair, in movies, it seems like way more people wear hats with the year on it for New Year's (laughs) than any New Year's parties I go to. (laughs) I should find a Y2K hat and just wear it around town, just so if anybody's, like, videoing something, recording something, when they go back and view it. It's just sort of messed up. Yeah. They go, is this what, is this at the end of 99, there's a guy with a Y2K cap? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure that was 2013. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, the nerdy science guy goes up to Robert Downey Jr. Hey, I got this great idea. Let's, let's, let's work together. Robert Downey Jr. is like, you're some nerd guy that looks disgusting. Get out of the lift. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 seriously, I want to work with you. Just wait on the roof. I'll meet you there in five minutes. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't show up. Just a massive prank on this guy. Clearly, this guy gets caught up in the evil plot. Like, no surprise. <laughs> so he's obviously developed some science stuff that's helping with the Mandarin's attacks. Yeah, he goes into some detail about these sort of medical, technological advancements. And at some point, I thought, is this... Because the video we're getting shown in you know, in science class. Like, what's with all the terms, pal? Yeah. I want something to blow up. I don't want to yeah. be lectured with words with more than four syllables in them. Yeah. Um, I did not like how a large chunk of the first half of this film was people explaining things. <laughs> like, then when he goes and explains to Gwyneth Paltrow the brain stuff that he's working on. Visually, that scene was cool with the projection, but... In terms of the script, I was like, blah, blah, blah. And did that even do anything at the end of the movie? Like, did that even relate to anything? Yeah, after a while, it was just, it became very simple, and you feel like the explanation wasn't really necessary. Yeah. Anyway, continue, sorry. So this is Guy Pearce. Yeah. And I really like Guy Pearce as an actor. Things like The Proposition, Memento, 
Hurt Locker. <laughs> Jake from Macquarie Uni. I can't believe you spoiled that. <laughs> I remember you telling me when Jake spoiled that. <laughs> I was at the cinema about to see the movie. He's like, what are you seeing? It's Wait, like, are you about to spoil that? No, I'm not. Okay, okay. He's like, what are you seeing? I'm like, I'm seeing the Hurt Locker. And he goes, oh, this happens. I was like, I just told you I'm about to see the film. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, I really like Guy Pierce. In this, I thought he was quite good. I think he's sort of an okay rival for Tony Stark because he's that handsome billionaire genius and he's kind of this... Well, was this kind of like ugly, nerdy genius and so it's kind of this rivalry of these two technologically minded people. It sort of worked, but it wasn't overly original or interesting either. Some of the technology they've developed, uh, these evil guys, has been, I don't know, like you get your arm cut off and it can grow back sort of thing. I don't know, they're injected with drugs or some regenerating things. Very Actually, very similar to, like, very similar to the uh, Amazing, Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much the same. Uh, so you had these villains that would rock up to these places and you'd, like, shoot them and then they'd heal themselves. Or you'd cut off their arm and the arm would grow back. Or you'd it's blow like them up Terminator, and then regenerate. Yeah, they were like that. Now, I had a big question as to why something wasn't attempted by Tony Stark or any of these characters. Cut off the head? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I thought. Why didn't we, like, in Twilight... So many heads were decapitated in Twilight <laughs> to, to kill those vampires. Because that's, like, I guess one of the only ways to kill a vampire. The Walking Dead were constantly seeing Michonne cut off the 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 heads <laughs> with their samurai sword. Why did, it, why did they just keep on leaving these villains there with, like, I don't know, burnt or something, so they could just regenerate again? Would a head have grown, would a head have grown back? I don't think so. I, don't I think, think that would grow back. So much could have been saved in this movie by just some simple decapitation. <laughs> Forget your fancy Iron Man suits. Just get a samurai sword. Yeah. Get Michonne in there. <laughs> Do you reckon instead of crossing characters from the Marvel Universe into a movie like The Avengers, they needed to cross just characters from any TV show that might have been helpful in order yeah. to beat these guys? <laughs> like, nah, you're not, you're not needed, Thor. We'll get Michonne from yeah. The Walking Dead. Yeah. Good way to, like, gets back and, like... Rick's like, what happened? Did you get him? And Tony Stark goes, Don't, yeah, we blew him up. He goes, did he t- cut the head off? It's like, oh, no, we didn't think that was necessary. So <laughs> well, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the villains. We also see Iron Man make a friend this movie. <laughs> a little cute kid. <laughs> what do you think of this? <laughs> I really like the relationship with the kid because... Often in action films, you have this cute kid that helps out and there's this kind of endearing relationship. The thing that's good about it in this film is Tony Stark's a complete dick to the kid. He is constantly ripping on the kid, throwing things at the kid. He's like, are you leaving just like my dad? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it worked really well. Yeah. I thought it was still pretty corny. But I really liked it too. I thought, really, I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was cute. I thought it was like I, I thought it just worked really well. That kid helping out Tony Stark. 
Now let's uh, go to one of the segments that people enjoy when we do a movie. It's what has blank taught us. This week, what has Iron Man 3 taught us? Jonathan, what has Iron Man 3 taught you? Well, Iron Man 3 has taught me that Tony Stark may be susceptible to PTSD, but it seems like he's not susceptible to the bends. Because there's a scene where he is at the bottom of an ocean, and then he uses Iron Man's suit to blast his way out of the ocean. And I was thinking, you can't come up that quick. Scuba divers everywhere are just cringing, holding their ears watching this scene. That would be, that's ear pop central for sure. But as far as we could see from the film, he didn't seem to be affected by it. So, Matt, what has Iron Man 3 taught you? Well, Iron Man 3 has taught me that Tony Stark might be good at a lot of things, but he's not the best gift giver. Uh, (laughs) He's in a pretty committed relationship with this Gwyneth Paltrow. It's Christmas, and he gets a a giant stuffed rabbit. A a giant rabbit toy, not an actual stuffed, not a taxidermid (laughs) rabbit. Um... He gets her a giant stuffed rabbit, and she gets home and goes, did you see your Christmas present? Now, this should be at best... He's a billionaire, remember. (laughs) This should be at best a... Just a little bonus on top of whatever Christmas present he has coming, (laughs) and not the main Christmas present. (laughs) It's big. I'll give him that. It probably wasn't cheap. I'll give him that. But he is a billionaire, and... It seemed a very generic gift. Like, there hasn't really been anything with Gwyneth Paltrow loving rabbits. <laughs> Did the rabbit have boobs? Oh, no, no, no. The way that... <laughs> I, I think they were supposed to be... It's They're the hands. Top They're the hands. Feet, paws. Yeah, the paws, like, right in front of its chest. Sort but of thing. they were sort of very round and sort of where breasts would be. And I thought yeah. maybe that's why she didn't like it. Because I thought she would like it. Oh, it's a big, cute stuffed toy. But she's, she seemed to think it was kind of silly or didn't want to say that she liked it. And I was like, oh, does she not like it because, like, the boobs? Like, was that a, is that a very Tony Stark-ish sort of joke to do? But No, I think it's just the hands. <laughs> like, how many, like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's the little paws. The little paws. There are no... There's no hands coming out the side of the rabbit. Now, I know Tony Stark has, like, this massive match and so maybe a bit better in his case. But, like, I give it to a girl. She's like, oh, that's so cute. That's so funny. That's so great. And then they, like would want to throw it out because it would take up half their room. <laughs> so I'd say if you're getting a girl a stuffed animal, um, I'd go for... No bigger than a doorway. <laughs> I'd, I'd go even smaller than that. I'd say, what? <laughs> go to the store and hug it. Give it a hug. Is it, is it, is it comfy to hug? Is it soft to hug? Um, is it a good size hug? So if it's too small to get a good grip on, like seeing you a good hug, then I wouldn't get it. If it's so big that it would just become awkward to have in your bed or awkward to cuddle, then I wouldn't. It's sort of a... But it can be a sort of fun, nostalgic, sort of cute, intimate gift. Well, there you go. There's some solid advice on whether or not to buy a product that probably doesn't actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) He did say it was custom-made. Okay. Are we trying to give this a verdict? All right, let's give Iron Man 3 a verdict. I was digging the vibe of Iron Man 3. I think part of my problem with Iron Man 2 was there were some good one-liners and a lot of really irritating ones, ones that just didn't land. Iron Man 3 is really funny. I think, for the most part, pretty much all the jokes land. So I think in terms of the comedy, they nailed it. 
And then in terms of the action, I thought that worked pretty well too. There was a really good uh, scene at his mansion, uh, and there was a really good scene of him diving out of a plane. That was really exciting. I thought that was a, a really great scene. But in between the comedy and the action, you have to have a story. And I think the story was just pretty generic. They were filled with good characters. I like Tony Stark. I like Pepper. I like the Mandarin. But the story just wasn't that interesting. And that's what brings Iron Man 3 down from a really good film to just a pretty good film. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. That's cool. I sort of like my view on this film changed a bit throughout it. Uh, it's sort of almost like a film with three parts almost. I think the setup of this film, I did not really enjoy that much. There was a lot of like, you know, uh, Guy Pierce talking about the brain thing that didn't really have anything to do with anything. A lot of like exposition that I didn't think was even that necessary. I thought Tony Stark putting on the suits at the beginning was a bit, I didn't find it that funny and it was just corny. So it was like, corny without funny um and the sort of like the 2000 stuff it seemed very generic in your standard setup so i really like the way they set up the board but from the scene in the mansion where he falls goes in the water and things that's when it started getting really interesting for me because that's when boy this is real there's some pretty epic villains there's some pretty high stakes and as you've developed things, then he then he's sort of in the middle of nowhere with the little kid. And I, I kind of mean liked those bits more than the Iron Man stuff in the movie. The stuff where he's actually doesn't have his Iron Man suit and he's got to like be a bit creative, a bit MacGyver-ish. <laughs> and that was quite fun because I think his wit and his creativity had to be more on display there. So I actually really enjoyed that. And then I guess the end bit is the fire, the sort of big, the big showdown, which all these superhero movies have. And I sort of enjoyed it, but felt it, like, went on a bit long and felt like some of the bits were just a bit... I wasn't really loving all the different things that were happening and everything was going on. And I'm not sure if this is a spoiler, but there was a bit of a Return of Jafar moment that I thought that was fairly well executed. And I didn't really love... I didn't think it was a great final showdown scene either. But it was still a pretty entertaining film, pretty fun film. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Um, housekeeping. Our favourite segment, the housekeeping segment. I've got a bit of... A, we found the WD-40. No creep. <laughs> no creep. And we open housekeeping this week. Yes. Uh, we've got some... Uh, I've got some uh, interesting story that I thought you might be interested in. This past week, I went to a wedding. Yeah. Um, always great. So a bit of a dance at a wedding and things like that. Oh, man. I was actually... When I got off the dance floor, I was, like, exhausted. <laughs> but anyway, the, the person emceeing the wedding ran a fun game. The game was he'd gone on the Facebook of the two people who were getting married and he'd read some things they'd typed, read some things they liked and things like that and asked trivia questions and we had to guess whether it was... If it was Ed, we had to put a hand on our heads... If it was Jess, we had to put our hands on our ass. And if, it was, if we thought it was both of them, we went on each, okay? <laughs> that was pretty fun. Uh, the most awkward question was one of them had apparently liked a group saying, don't you hate it when you take your bra off and your boobs disappear too? And they said, why did, why did she like that? And she goes, 
Oh, it's because one of the bridesmaids is really flat-chested. And <laughs> 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 it's very funny. But, sorry, this is a bit longer to tell I thought it would. The last question, the deciding question was, which one of these people likes Scream Verdict? <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie, the movie and TV show review page on Facebook. We got a plug at the wedding. <laughs> I'm sure everyone responded with head on, hand on head and us. Both I hope so. Surely. I hope so. Yeah. Um, well, I was there. I can't remember. Not everyone did because only one person won. So that was, the, <laughs> that was the question where one person won. It was Ed. So thanks, Ed, for liking the podcast. Oh, well done, Ed. Jess. Next time, try and find a wife that likes Scream Verdict. Yeah, well, well, she could. It's not too late, <laughs> Jess. She likes all the listeners. And uh, I guess listener of the week, Peter Swan, who was the MC. Uh, thanks for the plug, the shout-out at the wedding. Really, He's been a bit critical of the podcast in the past, so it's nice that uh, when push comes to shove, when there's some uh, a high-stakes event to promote us at, we come to mind. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Listener of the week? Yeah. All right, so that's the podcast. Yes. Next week could be Parks and Recreation. And if this is up by then, let us know what you think of the new Screen Verdict photo. Yes. The Screen Verdict photography team has been hard at work. The 2013 photo shoot, I think, went off pretty well. And calendar can... forthcoming. Yeah. Well, if you would like uh, a calendar... Let us know too, and we could do a. For a couple more dollars, you might be able to get the nude version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let us know what you'd be interested in. Let us know what you'd like. Let, uh, we're, we're, is we're not going to be close to any suggestions. Yeah. Okay. So look forward to that, and we'll see you next week. See you. Bye.